0: industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of e trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. e trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase, Globally, you erasing product and technology.
1: Good morning from California. And uh, welcome to Race Industry Now, the technical and business webinar series from ePortrade presented to you by ARP and Performance Plus Global Logistics. I am Francisque Savignan, the founder and CEO of ePortrade, the global platform for the performance and racing industry. This is episode 239, and it's the last one of the season before Race Industry Week. And we are going to be talking about a very important issue in our industry. So with me this morning, Kinn, the co-founder of ePortrade, and our wonderful host for the last time this season, Mr. Jeff Hammond. How are you guys doing, Judy?
2: Good. Thank you, Francis. Good morning, Jeff, and hello, everyone out
0: there. Yes, excited to have today's counterfeit uh, topic because, boy, do you hear about that all year long. But what I do want to remind you about is do sign up for Race Industry Week. We pretty much have all our industry speakers confirmed, lined up. And that one link that you sign up and register
2: will get you in all week long. So don't forget to sign up. So Jeff. Well, good morning to both of you, Francis and Judy, and uh, I'm happy, but at the same time, I'm sad. I am happy that we have race industry week, you know, really coming at us like a freight train right now. Everything is going so fast, so quick, but at the same time, I'm sad. We're not going to be able to have another one of these next week. Um, it's been something that has been a lot of fun to do this uh, season, and we've had so much more – I don't know. I, I feel like that we stepped up a level this year. You know, we got more information from some different areas that we hadn't had an opportunity to talk to companies and industries um, just to really, you know – a Progressive year, I feel like for 2022 and, and ePartrate. So, uh, it's proud to be a part of it and looking forward to race industry week and all the exciting guests that are starting to pop up each and every week. You know, Judy, you keep shoot, shooting them out, you know, to who's going to be. And it's like, wow, wow, you know, yeah. it's just getting stronger and stronger. And I, I, I can't wait to uh, be a part of that. So again, bittersweet. Yeah.
0: We're thankful for you and Brad. Believe me.
1: We absolutely are. I think we've got JC and Annie with us this morning, so Jeff, we'll let you uh, take over.
2: Well, thank you once again, uh, Francis, and yeah, I'm very excited about this, and gentlemen, uh, I hope that you're doing well this morning, and I am really, uh, as they say, I'm really looking forward to, uh, I don't know, picking your brain and you share with with us, and I was wanting to try to say something cute when we came on about counterfeiting. I was going to say, hey, you know, we're going to learn how to make $100 bills. No, it's not that counter, kind of counterfeiting. It's the worst kind of counterfeiting because we are an industry of high-performance, quality product. And when people basically, I don't know, cheapen it by doing counterfeit stuff you know, off of really quality products, I think it's one of those kind of things that makes you fight mad.
3: It does. It's a big problem, that's for sure. Uh, we experienced it at 8 so um, first, I got to make it clear, I'm the founder of AEM, but I am now retired from AEM. So I'm going to show you some stuff from the website that we did to counter counterfeiting, pardon the pun. And um, but I want to make a uh, note that I'm not an employee of AEM anymore. So I'm just retired, sitting in my house here doing nothing. What is it? Nothing to do and all
2: day to do it. <laughs> Well, you know, you, you it's kind of like one of those deals. You earn that position, sir. And, again, you've created a product and, and a company that everybody is, uh, you know, they know about, they respect. And I can understand why something like this right here would really get under your skin, especially when you spend a lifetime, you know, getting to the level that uh, let, that it is. And, again, when people disrespect that, I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing that, you know, it can't happen, shouldn't happen. And I'm glad you're bringing it to our attention, and hopefully everybody will be paying attention um, about what your experiences are. And good morning, and make sure I, I got your last, your first name right, sir. Annie. It's Hanny. Hanny. Okay. Girl,
4: yeah. Think of the girl's name Annie and add an H in front of it.
2: All right. Well, it's nice to see you here this morning, and uh, to much. be with you and get a chance to. Uh, uh, converse with you and learn, and learn some things as far as how you can kind of, you know, educate us on, on your experiences. Sure. So really gentlemen, um, the floor is all yours and I'm here to kind of like help navigate, but otherwise y'all the experts.
3: Hanny, allow me for a minute, um, for the audience out there, Hanny and I have been friends for probably 10 years now. I met him at KN and he presented a pretty amazing, uh, presentation on trademarking and counterfeiting while I was doing some consulting at um, KNN. And um, he has been AEM's trademark and patent attorney. Actually, he's done my patents now. Um, he's in the automotive field. I believe he's probably as good as you can get. He's a car nut, he's crazy. He has a handful of cars. Uh, so, you know, I think, Hanny, if you want to start with the trademark then I can show some stuff. That we have done sure. at
4: AEM, sure. And and the the first thing to know, Jeff. I mean, kind of thank you very much. I'm I'm you know very happy to be here and, and to kind of share some experiences. Um, I think one of the things that is kind of paramount to understand about counterfeit, about the idea and the emotion behind counterfeit, is there's this notion that yeah we're upset that these counterfeits are out there and that they're trading on all of the goodwill that companies like jc has built over the years um one of the biggest issues that sometimes isn't addressed is the safety concerns that go along with counterfeit products right which is it's it's great you put your name on a product probably inferior product cheaper product but the 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 reality of this is really that the safety concerns are of of utmost paramount so you you think about things like an airbag for instance which is you can go buy a counterfeit airbag somewhere online the problem is is that airbag built to the same specs that an oe would have done uh, or one of the tier one suppliers would have done and generally they're not and so you've got safety concerns with if you're in an accident and you've got an airbag that goes off and it's a counterfeit airbag You've got you know serious injuries that can result from that same thing with respect to braking systems if you have a braking system um, that's an inferior product that's a counterfeit product that you know you believe you're buying a uh you know a, a top tier aftermarket product or an oe product and you get a, a counterfeit product is that car going to brake properly or are you going to have problems with it and we've seen you know brake systems that you know, disintegrate, And we've also seen some wheels that just literally just crumble, right, where, where they should have, you know, been able to handle a certain amount of power. They're not built to the same standards that we would have our suppliers and our OEs and our tier one suppliers, you know, make them to. So that's a really kind of important thing to note for a lot of counterfeits. And then there's the issues of how do we deal with those counterfeits, which I think JC will get into. I think the first thing that's kind of really important to know is the idea of the brand, the trademark, and, and the brand um, that you establish, and what those people that are unscrupulous get online and they do. And I think it's important to understand that you've got to have that brand protected, um, and the reason for that is that all of the online platforms where you might be selling your products or you might find the counterfeit is generally where you're going to find your your, your counterfeit products is going to be on the online e-commerce platforms, whether it's an eBay or an Amazon or Alibaba or any of the other, you know, online platforms that you can go to. Each one of those online platforms has their own type of kind of brand protection, um, you know, site to it within the site. Right. And so right. you, you want to make sure that, You know, when you're notifying eBay or when you're notifying Amazon or Alibaba, for that matter, is that you have those brands protected properly. And the the way that you do that in the United States and in many other jurisdictions around the world is that you file trademarks and trademarks are kind of the touchstone. That's what you're going to get you the protection that you're going to need in front of one of those e-commerce platforms. And so I can share with you guys, if you will, um, kind of the some of the things that you need to do in order to 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 trademark um the 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 idea the 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 brands that you've gone to protect um and so one of the touchstones is whatever brands that you're using we need to make sure that those brands are protected and we need to look at those brands and how you've been using them over the years um So how distinctive they are, how descriptive those trademarks are, and how long you've been using them and how strong they are. And generally what we look at is the strength of that trademark, that brand for you, right? And so brands that have been around like AEM, who've been around for 40 years, they're easier to protect because they've been around for so long and people recognize those names. Um, And so the more distinctive those names are, the easier it is to protect them. Um, So things like Xerox or Kodak. They're made up names. They don't exist in the English language. Those are the easiest trademarks to protect because they don't exist anywhere in the, in the English language. Then you go to things like what are called arbitrary marks and arbitrary marks are terms that exist in the English language, but they're not being used in in combination with the products that they're actually selling. So the easiest one for everyone to think about is Apple computer. right? what does that have to do with Apple? It's just, it's being used for a completely different good and service. Those are very also very strong brands to come to the market because you can protect them easier. Things like camel cigarettes has nothing to do with a camel. So those are brands that can be protected. Um, You start to lose some of that distinction, that, that protection as you get, you know, more descriptive. So when you think of descriptive marks, there are m- lots of descriptive marks out there that are not as protectable because they are descriptive of the services. So, you know, creamy yogurt or Quick Stop; those are just describing, or, you know, w- ABC, you know, window company, those are just describing the products. So if you have, you know, you know, clutch repair company, well, that's a that's what you're just describing with the services that you're providing. Now, obviously, the longer you use them, the better off you're going to be. But those are things that we need to think about of how to protect those marks. The thing that's important for all of the the, the viewers to understand is that in order for you to protect your trade your marks on the e-commerce platforms, which is where we want to protect you have to get those registrations. You have to file them with the US Patent and Trademark Office and then in any other jurisdictions that you might want to, to, uh, to also file those marks. But it's important that those are done um, in, in, in the government regulatory arena first. Once you have those trademarks though, then it becomes much easier to then protect your brands on these e-commerce platforms, Every one of these brands, uh, these e-commerce platforms, whether it's eBay or Amazon or Alibaba, they all have a place where you can tell these platforms, I have protection for my brand. So for JC, I could take AEM, the trademarks that he has for, for AEM, and I can go to Amazon and Amazon has a, has a place called Amazon Brand Registry. It's a place where I can go as a lawyer or JC can go as an owner and he can upload his trademarks to to Amazon. And then when Amazon when 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 you start seeing those counterfeit products, which you will inevitably see, JC can go to to Amazon's website and say, hey, this is a counterfeit. This is not my product. And then he refers to the brand registry that he has uploaded his trademarks and Amazon will immediately take it down because they know this is not your brand. So mm-hmm. all of them will have that. eBay has a different one. It's called Barrow, which is um, Verified Rights Owner Program. So it's a, basically a program where you upload your trademarks to that website, and eBay will do the same thing. They'll take a takedown when you see your products on eBay's website. Alibaba, which we all know is a Chinese entity, and the Chinese tend to be one of the worst um, – you know counterfeiter uh, problems but even they are starting to have their own internal system where they you can upload your stuff the last one that most people forget about though is customs and border patrol if you're having problems with your with your product or, or your counterfeit coming into the country where you know hey this stuff is hitting the U.S. market, it's being sold here because generally if it's Amazon or eBay, it's being sold in the United States. Even Customs and Border Patrol, you can upload your trademark brand rights to Customs and Border Patrol and they will notify you when they find counterfeit products and they will tell you, please verify that these are genuine AEM or whoever your, your supplier is. Tell us that these are genuine products and you will have the right to inspect it as the owner of that business. You'll have the right to inspect it and you can have them destroy it or send it back or do whatever you want with it. But it's a very good place to at least start the process of protecting your brand and then protecting on these e-commerce platforms. And now I'll turn it off. I'm sorry for the long-winded ex- explanation, but I can turn this over to JC.
2: Well, I, I want to ask you real quick in closing with what you what you share with us and me in particular, with all the places that you have just referenced, if you do not notify them, then you have no protection with them. Is that, is that correct? I mean, you know, there is a procedure and a, and a the way you need to go about it to be fully protected. You have to do this to each one of those to get them to help you with this problem. Is that right?
4: In, in essence, yes. The, the reason being is that Amazon is an online platform or eBay. They don't want to get involved in these types of disputes because they don't know who's right and who's wrong. Right. Right. So, so generally, they want to be able to protect themselves by saying, hey, if we have if there's no notification that you are a brand owner or you have these rights or that, you know, that this is a counterfeit. They're not going to do a takedown they're not they're probably not going to do anything with it. They'll say thank you for the inquiry We'll look into it and that's it, it goes into the ether. If you do do what I was just saying, which is you have the brand registry, you've uploaded your 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 trademark registrations to the registry yes they will they will enforce it and that's the beauty of having those systems in place.
2: All right, thank you for that. okay JC all right. Mm-hmm.
3: So to Hanny's point, yeah, it is annoying Um, when you do a ton of engineering to develop a product and then someone knocks it off and it's not been tested as we or any manufacturer has tested it, then safety certainly is a big deal. Um, We dealt in fuel systems and if something goes wrong with the fuel system and a fire happens, then we're on the hook for that. So the amount of testing that goes into a product is pretty immense. And, you know, we, we build test equipment and did thousand hour tests on um, pumps and other components and things like that. And so if something gets out there and unwittingly uh, someone buys a counterfeit product and then has a problem with it, a handful of things happen. First off, our name gets dragged through the mud. People go, oh, my God, that AEM product was garbage because look what happened to my car. And with social media today, that stuff spreads like wildfire. It it goes nuts. And you see all sorts of posts then, you know, like, oh, my God, look what happened. And then, of course, we'll get a part back and see it. And you go, well, this isn't even ours. And, And to be honest with you, oftentimes... That's how we even get alerted to the fact that there were counterfeits in place. You know, we may not know it, and some customer buys it, not knowing that it's counterfeit. And then something will happen, and we'll look at it and go, Well, this isn't even our product. You know, so it kind of kills our name. It kills the customer because now he's stuck with something that's unusable. So he's paid good money for that product, and now he's stuck. And then he calls us and goes, Hey, you know, I have your pump, and it failed. Send it back. Let's look at it. And we tell him, say, you know, I hate to tell you this, but it's it's not ours. So now he doesn't like us because we're denying a warranty claim. Um, but a little bit on that in a minute. And then, you know, see, so he's got a bad taste in his mouth for us. He's got a bad taste for the whole process. Um, one thing I will say, we were exceptionally good at even if it was counterfeit and someone had a problem, we usually help the customer out because the relationship with the customer at our business was paramount to the success of the business. So that we did go through great lengths and even sometimes at a loss to us, but you make goodwill and that goes a long way with the uh, customers. Um, We do a lot of testing and I'm going to share a screen. I'm going to show you. It's a video. I'm not going to run the video, but I invite people to watch it. And this particular one happened to do with fuel pumps, although we had counterfeit gauges um, kind of funny thing. We had someone try to counterfeit one of our data acquisition systems and they failed miserably at it. So that one we kind of let go because it was almost funny to see how bad they were going with it. Cause I mean, how do you replicate software? How does someone go in and decode software out of something and dupe it? it's virtually impossible. And yet, they tried to do it. So that was fun. Anyway, uh, I'm going to share the screen. I'm going to show you a video. So this Kirk Miller, who was our sales manager and VP of marketing was absolutely brilliant in helping with stock counterfeiting. He did a online uh, video. He and I did one on fuel pump testing. And then he made a disclaimer when you log into the AEM website One of the first things you see is beware of counterfeits and even listed companies that we knew were selling counterfeit products. And one of the great ways of doing business, and this is kind of a a problem with doing direct to customer, is you you know you're shipping directly to the customer. We had dealer network and the dealer network supported the product pretty well. And so it was in their best interest to stop counterfeiting. They would actually let us know when they got products. And we did a dealer list and said, look, buy from these people. We know that they're not counterfeiting. Clearly they're buying it from us. And so we kind of did a lot to combat that. So what I'm going to do is show you a short clip of the video. And then I'll show you that part of the website where we talk about that. And it's it's kind of intuitively it's backwards, but... It shows the testing, and then it shows the result of that testing. So let's try this. And I think this is what I want. And, oh, here we go. All right. And this is a video from Kurt.
2: How they should be installed and such. Now I want to get to something, a subject that I just, I I have to share, but I actually hate this part.
0: Um, It's counterfeits and knockoffs.
2: When you've come to the point of making a buying decision that you selected AEM products, we we want to make sure that you get our products. So it's highly recommended that if you're going to buy from an auction platform, that you cross-check to our dealer locator. AEMelectronics.com, there's a dealer locator. You can go into your area.
3: Okay, so that's one aspect. You saw that test equipment in the background there probably, and that's some... uh, durability and safety testing equipment that we built at AEM to make sure that when someone buys a pump, they're gonna have the performance, their durability and everything that they were looking for. And then what Kurt also did is when you log in, the first thing you're gonna see is this little screen here. It says, beware of counterfeit A electronics. You click on the more info and look at this. You can have the authorized dealers, And everything so it's in a company's best interest to maybe do something like this you know if you're if you're any other performance or actually any other company it makes a lot of sense to protect your brand because people are infringing on it and potentially making your brand look bad from bad parts or unsafe parts like hanny pointed out and this goes a long way to helping stop. It didn't totally stop it. Nothing but It's like, this is like playing whack-a-mole. You know, you stop one and then another one pops up and, and all that. I've actually been to China at uh, manufacturers at, at, um, where they make things. And the guy actually, to my face, one of them said, well, if you want us to make this, we'll go ahead and make it. We'll even put the patent number on it for you. Which... I was blown away by that. It was crazy. You know, why would why would someone do that? You know, it's but they're kind of unscrupulous. And so that's how you weed out. And you know, if you're a company, most companies that manufacture overseas, they'll send someone over and they'll work with a bespoke factory and then they'll go ahead and make sure their processes and stuff are good. We even did things like adding uh blemishes if you will purposely to a product so there'll be some small parting line on a casting and we'll put a little zigzag in the parting line and it'll kind of identify so someone else is making this part then we would be able to easily identify that it was counterfeit or not by doing that or you take it apart and you know the external it's got our name laser printed on it and all that but we know what modifications we made on the insides so we're able to go back and track whether this was a legitimate part or not, you know, and that's it. You know, we've worked with uh, the FBI was really helpful with us on getting some of the counterfeiting stopped. Um, They're more in the United States. So we'd find a distributor in the United States and say, Hey, these people are selling knockoff parts and they would go ahead and stop them. They would, they'd put a halt to it pretty good. So they're really good at um, helping us out. And if you're running into that, I totally recommend reaching out to the, Law enforcement, like
2: FBI. Well, you know, it's it's interesting you're saying this, and I've been kind of waiting to see where it would be a good place to interject this. Tom John, Tim Johnson Johnson wanted to set, wanted to know, you know, protecting your brand is great, but how do you prevent these counterfeit or counterfeit products from being sold on sites like eBay, for example? Um, and I think, and he says it's a big problem, which ain't, obviously it is, but it's almost like in some of our other information that you were sharing with me and Judy and Francis before we did this show, you know, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. I mean, there's a reason why a product like yours has a price on it that you say, Oh man, that's expensive. Well, I do the testing. I bring quality parts. I've got great engineering back and all this stuff. Somebody has to cover that. and And again, we're not, trying to over gouge but we've got to you know make a living so when somebody is undercutting you not by a few cents but by 10 20 maybe a hundred dollars I mean hello I mean you talk about red flags there should be a red flag going up saying why is this company this way and how can they do this i mean we talk about well they sell a lot more volume well the reason why they're selling more volume is because they are cheap and they ain't got caught yet I mean, a real simple deal. I mean, it's we run into it even here in within the NASCAR racing world. When you go to the racetrack and, and drivers have got T-shirts on a, a, a trailer that they endorse, and their their sponsors and and their owners are a part of, and yet people try to counterfeit them, and they stay just off of the track, the uh, racetrack property, and they walk around selling T-shirts, you know. To somebody and nobody's you know making profit off of them i mean it, and it's amazing the gall that some people have knowing that hey that's not uh, a chase elliott legitimate t-shirt that's something that somebody did in their basement and came out here to the racetrack to sell 30 or 40 of them and turn you know a quick thousand dollars and then go back and make some more if they're lucky so i mean this is something that is going on and I don't know how you address totally, you know, Tim's question, but it seems to me that don't back them for one. And at the same time, when you see something that's questionable, notify either eBay or the company that, you know, is competing against yours. Is that is that part of it?
3: It is. It is. And, and we've had a lot of customers. Um, you know, the, the great thing for us has been we've got very, very loyal customers. And they would bring it to our attention when they would see something even third party they would say hey this people over here are selling if, for, for a couple of reasons think about it if someone is selling a counterfeit part that they're buying a the legit part that person's digging into their business so it's in their best interest to let us know about that and if we treat our customers right they're gonna usually treat us right they you know for the most part our customer and us have had a fantastic relationship so I I like that synergy and they they do bring it to our attention to come. You're never going to beat it all. I mean, it's impossible. You you shut down one and the next one pops up, you know, I've been to China and the amount of products that were represented to be manufactured by these various companies. I I was pretty blown away, you know, because it's like, wow, this is not theirs, but here they are making it saying they make it for this company when you know darn well, they don't, you know, um, it's gall It's a good, good term. Jeff is they have a lot of gall to do that. stuff. So I don't think they care. I mean, clearly they don't care. So, um, I don't know how we're going to stop it. You, you talked about, uh, like the t-shirts and stuff. Hanny showed us a great video on, on uh, he represents ASICS, the footwear company, and he was showing us some stuff and it, that resonated with me. The second you said, it. I was like, Oh my God, these, ASICS has a brand name. They have a really good name out there. And there's these companies that, well, I'm going to let Hanny talk about it, actually, because he's the guy that showed it to us. So, Hanny, it's you. Uh,
4: Yeah, so I actually have this uh, kind of a little bit of a PowerPoint presentation. I'll see if I can share my screen. It's not wanting to let me share the screen right now. Uh, I'm trying to get a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Shotgun. Works good. Get a hammer. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh Amen. but yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to share my screen. I have a, a good PowerPoint that shows this. Um kind of the the uh scenario that I ran into. This is a client of mine. Um let's see. If I can pull this. Yeah, right now it's not letting me share my screen. Um, but there we go. There you go. Right. Go to uh, page twenty. I want to say it's twenty-two of that.
3: Some small so companies are that, handy.
4: Yeah. So this is this is kind of a case study, um, and this was actually provided by one of my clients, ASICs, where they kind of wanted to show how good these counterfeits are actually becoming. And this case study basically was to show, if you look at the first generation, second generation, third generation. Now let's just stay on that page if we could, if you don't mind.
3: It's a big PowerPoint.
4: Yeah, this this is a longer one. It is, yeah. This is some of the trademark issue I was talking about earlier. So here we go. There it is. So th- that's a case study on basically how, how bad these have gotten. So if you look at the first generation, you'll see on the back of that black shoe, it has a little thing that says fashion, which Asics would never put on their, 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 their you know, on their, on their product. But then you see the second generation where it seems like it's more fully copied. And then the third generation is obviously it's counter. They counterfeited everything like they don't even try anything. And now they've they've moved past the counterfeit part and into kind of making their own brand. You can go to the next page. So basically where they keep going there. What they start off with is this is kind of how they display it. Keep going. Um, their first generation is this kind of chaotic first generation you know, generation in the streets, you know, nothing to it. Really, you know, it's a counterfeit product. They get more sophisticated. Now they start to get themselves organized. They sell multiple different brands. They start to try to get a little bit neater. Keep going. So you'll see they're selling multiple brands there. You'll see there's Puma there. There's a Nike there. And so these are all, by the way, these are all counterfeits. Okay. Everything you're seeing is a counterfeit, but they start to get more organized. If you look at what they do in the third generation, though, the third generation, they take it even one step further, which is they create an entirely basically new brand. So if you go to the next page, you'll see they have the third generation. They actually have stores. This is a store. This is an ASICs Chinese store. And this is a full on. They act like it's a real brand. If you go to the next uh, slide there, you'll see they've got it's well organized they've got their shoes it looks like a real store they even put on promotional so if you keep going you'll see they'll say 40 percent off um and so what they try to do is sell this as a legitimate brand this is how this is how a complex this counterfeiting has gotten now you'll notice there that that it says asashi not asics what you're really seeing here though is how the Chinese, and some of these other markets work, which is Asashi, what you see there, is actually a translation from the Japanese ASICS to the Chinese character Asashi. And so that is actually ASICS with the Chinese translation of it, okay? So they've ripped off the entire thing. You can see the logos that is almost the same. The names are almost the same. That's how complicated these, these have gotten. And I was telling JC about a story about this uh, probably about a week ago. About three years ago, I was in Detroit. I'm originally from Detroit. uh, That makes me the gearhead, but by default, I was talking to General Motors, and I was sitting with a couple guys from the brand protection of, of General Motors, and we were talking about different counterfeit issues. And they gave them to me. I still have them in my office. They gave me two AC Delco spark plugs. One was a counterfeit. One was the real thing. Okay. That counterfeit spark plug made it all the way through GM's own quality control. That's how comp- that's how good they were. The entire way through GM's counter- the their their quality control process, it made it all the way through. It only got tagged and caught because of two reasons. The the boxes were identical, the colors were identical, the brands were identical. The spark plugs for 99% of it was identical. The only difference that they found was, one, about two years prior before putting out that spark plug, they had found that they'd changed the, the covering on the spark plug, the thread on the spark plug. They'd changed the covering from cardboard to plastic, and the counterfeiter hadn't updated yet to that plastic covering, Okay. But even that wasn't a tell because GM is saying, we don't know how long this product has been on the market. It may have been old stock. It could have been ours. That's just an older spark plug with the old cardboard surround. The only other tell was on the tip of the spark plug where we would see the iridium or the copper or whatever they used, mm-hmm. it used less material. And that was the only tell. They measured it and found you're using less material on this tip. It will not perform to GM standards that was the only way they were able to figure out it was a counterfeit and not the real thing. And that's how serious this has gotten. And GM's response to me was basically, look, this is a safety concern because someone's gonna put this in their motor and they're gonna think that this is gonna perform and it's not because it is a counterfeit, right. product, right? So that is how serious this has gotten. It, 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 it's, it's pervasive, it's, it's everywhere. And to answer the question that was posed, like, how do I protect myself online? The truth is, you, you've got to either monitor yourself. You hi, and and JC is absolutely right. You'll find that competitors will notify you. Your consumers will notify you. You can, you can hire vendors that will look at the e-commerce platform and go through it to make sure that they're finding real products, and they'll notify you. Uh, we've done this for our clients all the time. We all also register with Brand Registry and Vero and with the Customs of Border Patrol. We do that all the time for our clients too. But you'll find instances where even your competitors or other industry players like JC, they're all going to China, they're all seeing this. And what you'll find is they will notify you when they're at a, a factory in Shenzhen or wherever they are and they'll come back and notify you and say, hey, I was at this factory they're selling this part. This is your fuel pump. We don't think this is your fuel pump. Just wanna make you aware of that. That happens quite frequently in the industry. And that's a good thing because it shows that it's a concern for everyone across the board. So that 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 definitely does happen. So that, that's good to see. You'll see it, these guys are blazing, right? So when you go to let's say Apex or SEMA and mostly Apex, and you go to the bottom floor of Apex, which everybody knows is where, the suppliers, the manufacturers go. I've actually been on the floor of Apex where uh, a manufacturer will come up and say, "Here's a product that we can sell you." And I'm looking at it; it's a it's a dead counterfeit for somebody else's brand. And I know that person, that other brand didn't authorize it, but they want to show you we can make their brand for you. Um, so th- that's that's where it's gotten to. And and JC's right; it's a whackable. You 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 whack them down, and another one pops up. But you got to be diligent because it it hurts your brand, and and it hurts the the industry as a whole because, as I said before, it is a safety concern, and it does hurt the brand's images when there's a counterfeit that's selling an inferior product on the marketplace.
2: Well, gentlemen, you know, the the thing that keeps popping in my head when I'm hearing all this, and I I remember, you know, you can can put it in, you know, certified by so-and-so, you know, uh, authorized dealer by so-and-so. If, if you have, and again, maybe I'm, I'm th- making it too simplistic, but it almost seems like if you're worried about whether you're getting, uh, you know, the, the, the right kind of, you know, let's just say something from AM when in doubt call the factory. I mean, is that, if not, is that just a simple thing to do, call a factory and say, Hey, I want to get your product. I see stuff on, on the internet and, and I'm, you know, don't get me wrong, Amazon, eBay, I mean, there, there, are, there's a lot of things that come off of that that really benefit the overall public and companies, okay? But to get to the point where we are right now, you're spending a lot of money for your services, as well as having people within a company and uh, to, to protect themselves. That's, I mean, we're, that's something you shouldn't have to do. You trademark it, You should be able to go away and just make the product. So if you pick up the phone and call, you know, AEM, and they tell you, go to this this dealer and get what you want, is that sufficient enough? And try to be a little bit more, maybe not, maybe not use the eBay, maybe not use the Amazon quite so much. I mean, because I I did did some research and, you know, with, with A AEM, You know, y'all got a lot of custom. I mean, a lot of uh, local reps around the United States. I mean, it's it's one of those kind of deals. You don't have to go overseas or anything like. You know, you can get it more times than not within your own town. That's
3: right.
2: You know, that's an example of that company only. But I I just I I'm mystified that. And and you verify you verified it, honey, honey, uh, because you you just showed us. I mean, these people, the audacity and the gall that I used the word earlier is remarkable, but it's because there's money to be made. It's all about the money. You know, in in terms of AEM, Jeff, um,
3: we're so for us, it was easy. We're a relatively small company compared to some of the monsters like Edelbrock and Holly and the, the really big players. So getting through our customer service was. Pretty easy, and if you were able to call and ask where to get a product, they would be able to get that information almost immediately. I mean, and let to your point, on the website we have a dealer locator. Those are all dealers that are vetted out by us, um, so it, it was good for us. You go eat. To be honest with eBay was probably the worst offender. They were cooperative. They were really good at it. When you brought it to their attention, they were decent, but it's like a giant, uh, wild west out there when it came to putting counterfeit things on eBay. And so, and that that's, that's where we would find most of our problems was people selling on eBay. You get, you know, someone sells a fuel pump for 20% less than what we would sell it for, for, you know, they don't have the, like, like you said, they don't have the R&D expenses or any of that involved, so they could just um, make an entry. They Actually, what they do is they go to a manufacturer in China, say, could you package this, label it, laser on the AM logo and the patent number and the serial numbers. That's another thing we did. We did batch numbering. So we were able to do batch numbers and see what modifications were done in what batches in order to identify you know, if it was ours or not but they would start copying the serial numbers and they would miss maybe the modification we made, but they'd have our serial and date codes on there and all that stuff, you know, but that helped us find a lot of counterfeiting too. You know, it's it's incredibly destructive. In, in any business, counterfeiting is horrific.
2: It, it, the other question is uh, for both of you, is it, if you're a company and you run into this right here, do you have a legal recourse? I mean, you've already said, you can have somebody look at a product so that's not mine, destroy it. But can you go back after them for lost monies if that it, it, can you do that?
4: That's yes, man. you can. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. And we have. Um, it, it is possible to go. In fact, it's actually a really good way of finding the manufacturers and trying to shut them down. Um, which is you 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 follow the trail, right? Which is you go after, and we've done this before. Um, at my law firm where we've gone after the sellers of counterfeit products, not with the intention of you know making money off the sellers. That's not that was never the intention. The intention is trying to shut down the, the entire you're cutting off the fingers to try to get to the, 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 the larger extremities. Right. And so one of the mandates that we get out of these these sellers and generally these counterfeit sellers are on the smaller end. They don't have the resources and they give up their sources fairly quickly. And that's the, that's the trick, right? Is move up the chain and find out who's really making it. Once you've gotten that information and you shut down enough of those and you get to China or to wherever they're being made, you can go after the Chinese entity. It's a lot more difficult because obviously the Chinese market and its protectionism is different than obviously what it is here in the United States. But yes, you can go after them and you, you can, you know, you, you can enforce the, you should enforce those rights. Um, the trick really becomes this, and this is what I've learned over the years of trying to chase these guys down and, and take one party after another down, is that as JC was saying, it is, you know, whack-a-mole, you hit one, they come back up. What you're trying to really do, and a lot of the larger entities, when we've done this for some of the bigger you know, tier ones or suppliers or even the OEMs, what you're really trying to do is dissuade people from counterfeiting your product. Okay, because what they realize is that if you're judicious about enforcing your trademark, your brand rights, your, your, your intellectual property, what they realize is this ain't worth it for us. We, we yeah. don't wanna copy AEM's fuel pump. Why? Because we know they're gonna come after us. So yeah. let's find some other entity that we can go after that's not going to enforce its rights. And so that's what will happen over time. What they find out is it's not worth it for this entity. Let's go away from these fuel pumps. We'll make window, you know, window stickers or we'll make, you know, wipers or we'll make, you know, alternators wherever whatever they want. It's just they're going to go away from your brands. And that's really, it's to dissuade these entities from continuing to counterfeit your brand. Yeah.
3: You know, a good place to uh, get some of that also is like at Apex with the SEMA show where all the manufacturers from overseas are over there. Or you go to the Frankfurt Auto Show and, and it's amazing the the massive amount of companies that are knocking off all sorts of products in the automotive industry. It's, a, it's unbelievable. It's a shopping uh, place for people to go buy knockoff products. It's crazy. Hany, I have a question for you, if you mind. Sure. Uh, we patented plenty of products. You've done some patents for us. Does that add an additional layer of protection? By I mean, yeah, it certainly keeps unscrupulous people from copying your product verbatim, but does that add something?
4: Yeah, but it it depends on where. Um, For the brands, for for let's say brand registry for Amazon and for eBay, you can still upload that patent protection to all of those e-commerce platforms. That's still allowable. The problem with the patent side on enforcement is that it's a lot harder because eBay doesn't understand and Amazon doesn't understand the breadth of that patent, and they don't have the resources to go and say, is this infringed? Where those patents really come into play is in the context of going after the actual counterfeiters themselves outside of the platform, because that's a big hammer and they usually don't have the resources to overcome that hammer. And that's what gets them. The other part of this equation is that the patents a lot of times depends where they are filed, because there are certain jurisdictions like Germany, for instance, that are statutory, which means, you know, it's it's you're going to have a bigger problem in Germany if you're a counterfeiter because of the way their statutes work, their their patent statutes work. So yes, it does have a a great effect. Um, And then there's things like copyrights in China, for instance, which are very enforceable. Um, And so what we do a lot of times is we copyright a lot of the brands in China because it's easier to enforce them in China under their system. So there, there are a lot of different Kind of avenues that that you can go down to protect your brand and to protect your product, and the patents are, are a great one, especially for you know going after someone for really counterfeiting your product.
2: Uh, well, folks, you know we're getting a little close on our time here, so if you uh, have a really quick question or anything, please uh, shoot it on over, and we'll be glad to share with everyone that's that's on. But there again, if not. Uh, I am sure these gentlemen have ways to be contacted and maybe they can do follow up questions that uh, we didn't get to address today. Certainly, happy to help.
1: Well, th- no. Thank you very much, uh, uh, you know Annie and and JC, and thank you JC for putting this event, uh, uh, this webinar together. Uh, you know JC has been a big friend and supporter of us since the beginning, and so uh, yeah, there was something that he thought was very important to address, and it's a very mm-hmm. important issue. So Annie, thank you so much for 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 you know joining us today, and this is our last episode of the season, and uh, this webinar has been recorded. It will be posted. Uh, on the ePortrait platform later today and we'll distribute it through our newsletter and social media channels. We're going to take a few weeks uh, off the air uh, to get ready for Race Industry Week. We will be back live on Monday, the 28th of November at 6 a.m. Pacific. We'll be live for five days, 55 hours, non-stop, And then the webinar series, the weekly webinar series, will go back on uh, early in uh, uh, January, early in 2023. So thank you uh, very much uh, for being with us today. Thank you for being with us this whole season, right? Uh, big thank you to you, Jeff and Brad and uh, everyone at EparTrade. And uh, thank you the audience for, for you know, believing us and, and, uh, and using this platform. Thank you very much. We'll see you in uh, November.
3: Thank you guys. Thank you, you for having you. us. Ciao. Okay.
5: Registering on EparTrade is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a new company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one. And choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose accept. Finally, click register now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePARTrade.